Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. Shana, Shana Tova. Yeah, Happy New Year, amen. God is good, and it is good to be in the house of the Lord on New Year's. I'm actually going to start with the blowing of the shofar just because it's a tradition for the Jewish people, if you know that. The shofar represents the voice of the Lord, and I just really feel like we're supposed to release that sound. About three years ago, God told me to get this particular shofar and four others like it. Um, he'd been speaking to me a lot through numbers. If you're familiar with the Hebrew and that particular language, you know that every letter has a number that represents it as well. And he kept giving me 222. Two, two. It was everywhere. 222, 222, 222, 222, And these originally were about $159, I want to say. And I got online to check one day. And this one, they were $222, and Daddy said, buy them today. I said, sir, yes, sir. Okay, so I just want to take a moment and blow this. Um, I always ask him for a name, right? Because we know that God has many different names, amen, and throughout the Bible. And um, I was asking him what the name of this one was, and he said that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth, that this horn was actually called grace and truth, came through Jesus Christ. And that's good news, because that means we don't have to be perfect, that Jesus fulfilled all the law so that we can stand righteous before God. Isn't that good news? So with your permission, this will be a little loud, but I would love to just traditionally start this off, okay? That'd be all right? Excited, I am so excited. Rosh Hashanah, first slide, Todd, when you have a second, darling, love you. Um, I'm so excited. You know that Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. So we know that uh, Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year, the Jewish New Year, and as Christians, you might be asking, why do Christians celebrate this? Well, that is a great question. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay? It celebrates the creation of the world of man and woman made in the image of God. It marks a 10-day period of repentance, including these three holidays. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, okay, and Sukkot, the start of it. Okay. Midway, it has the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, for, the Christian, for us Christians, is really a picture of Jesus' final work. On our behalf, right? The finished work. Day of judgment. Who who got judged? Did we get judged? No, he did, right? The the lie, the lamb took our place, right? It says that he paid the price for us. Jesus is the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world, okay? So that Yom Kippur is a picture of that. Feast of Tabernacles is a beautiful seven-day celebration. It's a season of rejoicing. I'm not gonna pronounce that again. Chag Chasif. Um, the festival of the ingathering, and that's a lot of fun. It's a picture of harvest. So you've got this cycle that goes throughout the entire year as far as Christians are concerned. It's a beautiful picture of Passover, Jesus dying for us, right? And then you've got the 10 days of awe, this idea of repentance, okay? Yom Kippur, a day of judgment. Jesus took on the final judgment for us, but there is a day of judgment coming, amen? And then you've got this harvest that comes in. And the Lord really laid the time of the Feast of Tabernacles on my heart this year because I believe with all my heart we are coming into the season of the greatest harvest of souls that the world has ever seen. Can I say amen? Do you believe that's true? I feel it so strongly. Go ahead and go to that next slide, love. 
Okay, so if you're wanting more information on Rosh Hashanah in the scriptures, you can look at um, what they normally celebrate, which is in Genesis 2.22. Come on, somebody. We just talked about 2.22. Yeah, we did. Didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, traditionally the sixth day, they celebrate that sixth day where male and female, God created the male and female in his image, he created them. Okay, so turn to someone next to you, whether they're male or female, and say, you're made in the image of God. You are. Okay, and I love that verse. Okay, male and female, he made them, not him. I'm partial to that because I'm female. All right. The first Rosh Hashanah was in Genesis 22:2. Abraham goes to Mount Moriah and provides. God provides a sacrifice. You're familiar with that story, right? He takes his son up there. He's like, Lord, his son's asking him, actually, all the way up the mountain. What about, what's the sacrifice, Father? Where's the sacrifice, right? And he was the intended sacrifice. He goes to raise the knife, and what does God say? Stop. Why? He just wanted to know that Abraham would be obedient. Amen? Sometimes God will take us to, through a season in life where it seems like we have to give something up that we really love, that seems to be the very thing that he promised us. And we raise up our hand and say, okay, Lord, whatever you want. And he says, stop, because he's always made a way through Christ, amen? He's already made a way through Christ. We talk about the key of David in Isaiah 22, 22. You're familiar with that. It says that um, the government shall be upon whose shoulders? Yeah, upon the Lord's shoulders, right? So there's this idea in Peter, it talks about, he calls us to be kings and what? Priests, that's right. It's not kings or priests, it's kings and priests. And as priests, we minister to people and to the Lord through worship like we just did, right? It's all about the love of God, the finished work of Jesus, sharing that good news with people. And as kings, it's about ruling and reigning. Who are we? We are created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. Right? We're not just here having a good time. We're creating Christ Jesus to do good works. And I mean, we can have fun. Don't get me wrong. God has a great sense of humor. I can testify to that personally. But we are called to rule and reign with him. And there is a government. Okay? God, there's a hierarchy. God is the head, ultimately. Okay? And the beautiful thing about the kingdom, we talked about apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. In the world, we want to do this. We want to go like a business or chart. Apostle, prophet. Evangelist, shepherd, teacher, that's not how it works. The kingdom of God's actually backwards. So Jesus is the foundation, and he goes low as our example. And then the apostle builds only on that foundation. The apostle and prophets build on that foundation. The evangelist builds on that foundation. The shepherd builds on that foundation. The teacher builds on that foundation of Christ Jesus because there's no other foundation to be built. Amen? So it's upside down. The greatest among us shall be the servant of all. Right? That's what the scripture says. So this is kind of fun. Uh, when we got the name for Shekinah, I kind of laughed this morning when I reread this. I saw Eshekinah, okay? Eshekinah, you see that? Eshekinah, okay? K-E-Y. And I heard in my spirit this year, the spirit, he is the key, and not in the Hebrew means used to an entreaty or exhortation when we pray. Now, God, please give us this. Come on, somebody. Sometimes God will talk through uh, an English word, right, or pronunciation of a Hebrew word to show us something new. So I wanted to share, go ahead and go to the next slide, love. I wanted to share a word that my friend, Prophet Ryan, gave me um, just the other day, actually. 
But I felt like it wasn't just a word for me and for this body. It was for uh, the regional and corporate body of Christ across the entire nation and perhaps even the world. And this is what he said. What you thought was a constraint the last three years was actually the womb necessary to prepare you for what God wants to birth through you. Did anybody feel constrained a little bit the last three years? Pressed? Squished? Ooh, that's not very comfortable. I don't think I like this. Ow, 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 please stop. Oh, we, we, we gave the analogy last year when we talked about the head of the year of birthing, right? You remember any, anybody in here had some kids? You know that process, yeah. It's painful, right? The contractions come, you're like, whoa, 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 breathe, breathe, breathe. I don't know if I'm gonna make this. I remember saying to my mom, I don't think this was a good idea. I said, honey, it's too late to go back now. <laughs> my first baby, right? I was scared. I didn't know what to expect, you know? Five, seven, seven, eight. So the last three years, I got this word from Ryan, Prophet Ryan, about the last three years. I felt like they were tied together. Chuck Pierce had prophesied that it was a season of the last three years, okay? So what we do at the head of the year every year, our particular tradition here, um, is we take time to look at what all the prophetic voices in the nation are saying. Because when we listen to the prophet, what? Sheila knows. You will have success. Yes. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yep, if you listen to his prophets, your ways will be successful, okay? You will have success. Yes, amen, that's right, love. You will prosper, okay? So God still speaks to his people, and he loves to do that through prophetic people. So just to review, we are in now in the year 5780, okay? So I'm going to go back three years. We were in 5778. Five is the year of 5,000. That represents an entire age of grace. That's the church age, okay? We're in the church age where people can still get saved. If you know hermeneutics and all that, you'll be familiar with that terminology. The hundreds place there, the seven, is ayin in the Hebrew. It means God's eye is upon us for this century, okay? And that he's teaching us about vision and how to see more clearly and hear better from him and understand and be able to discern what is of him and what is not. The seven, to grace us to see again, okay? So how many of you the last 10 years been learning a lot about who you are and who the people around you are? And how to better love them, okay? That's good because this was the, this was the decade of seeing. Yeah, this was the decade of seeing. So then eight, two, three years ago, it was to go through the gate and be the gate or the glory gate, right? We talked about that a little bit. So just a little mini review. We said that love creates unity which reveals the whole truth. We know in part, we prophesy in part. We were told in Ezekiel 8, 7 through 8, that when that word from Ezekiel where he said, I want you to dig into the wall, son of man, he said, dig into the wall. And when he dug into the wall, there was a door. And we spent time over the last decade really letting God dig into our lives, right? Sometimes we try to avoid the things that are difficult, avoid the things you know, put that mask on and cover up some of the things that we struggle with because we think, no way, I don't want to see that I'm supposed to be clean. And we forget that our cleanliness, just like this white flag, is a gift from God. We don't have to cover it. We actually need to allow him to dig into us, see what's going on, unveil the heart, and let him come out the door of Jesus Christ. Do you know what I'm saying? You tracking with me? Okay, so we talked about that. Then we moved into the year 5779, which would have been last year. And this was a really fun pushing year. Can anybody say push? Push. Yeah, did everybody have to push or was it just me? <laughs> okay. Well, if you're pushing, let me tell you something. Well done. You are right on time. Okay? 
You are not the only one. All across the corporate body of Christ, we are seeing people transition. How many people transition in some way, shape, or form? Relationships, ministries, jobs, whatever. Yeah, okay, lots of transitions. And it's not bad, okay? You gotta remember, Paul and Barnabas transitioned. It was not bad. It was what God wanted for them in that season. So everyone transitioned with blessings this year. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. Okay? So same thing. That particular year, last year, we talked about birthing the fullness. And that particular, um, the nine, is it was a picture of the womb, and it was a picture of a snake. So two things were happening. People were birthing the things that God had placed in their spiritual wombs, right? Dreams and visions and things he had told them about for years. They were getting ready to birth. That whole pushing process was happening, the contracting. And we had to make a choice because in Revelation it told us that the enemy is right there when the church is about to birth something new and he wants to snatch it up. You familiar with that? Revelation 2.22, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, so this entire year was about pushing to birth all that God had promised you these last 10 years. And I love the top of that picture. Do you see that? It looks like a little slingshot. <laughs> I thought, see the slingshot? It was like he was flinging us into the last year. We didn't want to go. Kind of like when I was on that, you know, birthing moment. I was like, Mom, I don't know. She's like, it's a little too late, honey. <laughs> okay? Mm. That thing, some of us kind of felt pulled back and stretched, and the Lord was just kind of launching us into new things. And then I wanted to take just a quick moment and review some of the things we did this year. This was so fun for me. I went through my calendar. And I do this every year, and I just want to celebrate real quick. We had the opportunity to do Lansing Breakthrough Unified event with over 34 churches this year. Come on. Woo. We united with an African church called All Nations. We went and preached in an African church. That was a lot of fun. Had a total blast doing that. That's awesome. I treated Laura and I to go to the um, Toronto Blessing. So John, or not, if you're not familiar with him, is the father of the Toronto Blessing. It was the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the history I think, of our nation so far, quite frankly. There's been some others that I don't think quite hit the mark. Um, but that one, he said, he said God gave him a word that he was going to pour out another impartation at that gathering at, on the 25th anniversary of this. And we had heard that at Barbara Yoda's church in Shekinah, at Shekinah, and the Lord told us to go, so we went and received an impartation for that. And of course, freely we receive, freely we give, amen? We had the Naked Truth Gathering. We ministered to the MSU families who were part of the NASAR scan. We had a class with Randy Clark and Bill Johnson and did the Essentials of Healing class. We had a wonderful Coggle gathering um, called the Multiply Conference. And it was funny because in that conference, Mayor Shore said to me, Stephanie said, God's going to fix the roads. And what I had done was I quoted Isaiah, where it says, you'll be a repairer of the breach, right? A restorer of those places long devastated. And uh, he thought that was so funny. He said it six times. Well, Stephanie said, God's going to fix the roads. And now, look, we're talking about fixing the roads. I had to laugh about that. So we had the Women of Glory uh, were commissioned and confirmed by a First Nations apostolic team. That was huge. Okay? Uh, we have, uh, if you're familiar with the theology of land, okay, the first peoples for this land here are the First Nations people, or the, the American Indian people, okay? So God gave us great favor. There was an American Indian couple who is the chief of the three fires in this region, and they commissioned our Women of Glory into their gifts, and that was quite an honor. Does that get you guys excited? I mean, mm -hmm. do you hear I'm just like, Woo! that's a favor of the Lord. I'm reading through this, looking at our tiny little church going, this is glory. This yeah. has got glory all over it. Come it's like on. Drunk. It's like drunk. Yes, come on, somebody. 
All right. The Women of Glory did an um, assignment in Dearborn dealing with the roots of anti-Semitism. Okay. We really felt like God gave us a revelation that anti-Semitism, the biblical anti-Semitism is actually the root of racism in our nation. And when we deal with that issue, it will take care of the other issue because it's the same problem. Can everybody say amen? Amen. amen. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, Y'all sent me to the Arrows of Glory conference, which was wonderful. That was with the leaders from Washington, D.C., who head up the first... Uh, what is it called? All Tribes DC, okay? So they gather the, the Native American tribes from all over the nation and gather once a year. You guys sent me to that. And that's where I received the word from the senior leader of that particular gathering where she said, um, I'm gonna be the keeper of the trillium in the north. And I didn't know what that meant, but she's a First Nations leader and I found out later that the keeper of the trillium, you, how, many, how many of you know that trillium is a protective flower in our state? You guys are familiar with that, right? The trillium, there's an Ojibwe legend that a pastor came or a preacher came and spoke to the Ojibwe people and was sharing the gospel of Christ with them. And he shared about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, now they're an oral community, so everything's passed down orally through stories. And what they say is that they're like, we don't believe you. You know, like, we want a sign. So he said, okay. So he went and he prayed and he asked for a sign. And they say, the Ojibwe say, that prior to their prayer, all the trillium had four leaves. And that after the prayer, the next year, they all came, the next cycle, that was the seven year cycle, because like, it only had three. And that that's how God confirmed Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to them. And I just thought, whoa, okay, that was a honor to be given that. And then the Lord connected us shortly thereafter with that First Nations tribe. So just be aware of that, that God's calling us to start to work with the First Nations people and to love on them and see them come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ and then into fullness of healing and restoration as well, okay? Had the privilege of releasing a declaration at the National Day of Prayer event. That was quite a joy. We went after the media mountain. That was my mountain, and I just tore it up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. I'd about had it with the media. They were doing what they do, you know what I mean? And I, said, I was like, that's it. We call this media mountain in the kingdom order. Someone looked at me. I said, mm -mm, Jesus is king over this media mountain, and we are not going to talk this way anymore. This is crazy, right? We're starting to see some shifts in that finally. Thank you, Jesus. Let me see, what else should we tell you guys? I was appointed to the Council of the Mayor, for the Faith-Based Council of the Mayor. That was an honor, okay? So our church has a pastor that sits on the Mayor's Faith-Based Council. And I'm telling you guys what, I'm not trying to be funny. The favor of the Lord's all over it. He sits next to me every single time I go. And I know what it is, it's Holy Spirit, okay? He, it, he feels safe, he feels, feels comforted, he feels loved, he feels protected. And then I just feel like that's a high honor. Jajin graduated. I was going to make a joke, but he's not here. He had to go. <laughs> Cammie Kinsler's have at her place. Um, King, one of glory, prayed at 13 churches in this region. Some of you don't know this either. Um, one of the African-American leaders on our Women of Glory team said that there had been real issues of control and misconduct in some of the churches um, that she had gone to personally. And she just wanted to see freedom and restoration and healing come at some of those churches. So the Lord gave us 13 churches in the region. We went and did communion on the land, prayed over all the churches, blessed the churches, asked for healing of all the, anyone that had been harmed or hurt there or misunderstood or felt misunderstood or wounded. That was beautiful. Um, we did the rally life, uh, rally for life with the heartbeat bill, if you're familiar with that. That's to overturn abortion. I don't know if you know my testimony, but... Um, I was almost aborted by my mom, and then I ended up aborting my own 
his son, the Lord told me it's his son. So I have this real understanding, a very intimate understanding of the pain um, that's associated with that. It is certainly not God's best, and um, yet at the same time, he is so good and able to redeem. Amen? Amen. So at that particular rally, it was awesome. There may be as many as are here, 15, 20 people. And I remember speaking on the microphone and looking down Michigan Avenue, and it was so loud. It's like it was bouncing off the buildings. It was almost like a word for the nation, just that we ought not to forget as women of God that the children in our wombs, even if the fathers that they are, are going to be fatherless because God is Father. Amen. That the even if we have been ravaged and raped, that the scripture tells us that these children are a blessing from the Lord. That, I think what broke my heart the most when he was giving me the word was he said, Stephanie, it's not just about the one child that was in your womb. It was about an entire generation that would have come from that little one. And I had to repent, you know? And yet at the same time, he wanted to encourage women and remind us that we have crossed nations to create orphanages. We have gone all across this nation to talk about ending sexual slavery. We have run entire companies. We have changed entire lineages and that we needed to remember that we are wonderfully, wondrous, wonder-filled women of God created to change the world. And if that's who we are, then surely the grace of God is enough to take care of a little one, whether unexpected or, or forced upon us. Amen. Amen. Anyway, we went to San Francisco. It was our first assignment, helping an apostle in the arts. Uh, Via Jackie had a prophetic dream, actually, and connected us with a prophet out of Vermont. Um, ended up praying over at Disney. And um, long story, we'll get into that later, but it was a blessing. The Lord led us to... An individual who is probably set right now to be the top in special effects for the entire, really, world um, in the movies. And he just did Star Wars, if you saw the new Star Wars, okay? So it's funny because they were Calvinists and we're us. <laughs> and I'm sharing the scripture and being ourselves and prepping them. And we went to three different mountains and did all these prophetic acts and did what God said. And then we watched the news. And we started to see answer prayer after answer prayer. Did you all see Disney being exposed for trafficking and all the things that were happening? Okay, those are answer prayers based on that trip that we went on. It was powerful. God started exposing things right away. So that was fun, and you were part of that. Okay, you sent us on that, so thank you. We had the Shekinah retreat. Woo -woo. You see our Woo. picture up there? Yeah. Yeah, and on the lake. Thank you, Cammie, for the boat rides. Those were a blast. Okay. Let me see what else he wants to share with you. Another assignment we did with the Women of Glory was just the other day, and I feel like I need to tell you this. Lord had a perfect dream quite some time ago, but the timing wasn't quite there. But on 9:22, the Lord released us to go pray against the false fivefold in this city. The Lord reminded me that David had five smooth stones. Do you remember when he went against Goliath? And it says he actually picked up five smooth stones, not one. The Philistine, Goliath, had five. There were five of them. There were five brothers, okay? The Holy Spirit started to show me that just like in the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4, whenever there's a true mandate from the Lord, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, there's always a false 
okay? Because the enemy doesn't have any original ideas. He just copies what God does and does the evil opposite, okay? So we went out and prayed about that, and that was powerful. I'll tell you some of those answer prayers later. Had the opportunity, we preached at Bread House. Come on, we're getting invitations to go out, okay? Singletons, yes, that was a blast. We had the Seer class. I was invited to, um, y'all sent me to Washington, D.C. I got to meet Cindy Jacobs. I don't know if you saw those pictures online. That was a blast. She sends her blessing back. She actually commissioned us all in the audience as generals. So I was like, I received that. Thank you, Jesus. But we heard from the White House about some of the things that are happening to defend our faith. Um, they're going to start having roundtables all over the world, bringing all different religions together so that we can hear from, they can hear from us Christians who we are and that hopefully the persecution, we're the number one pers persecuted religious group all around the world right now. Christians, are you aware of that? But the goal is to begin to build relationships across the table so that Christians will stop being martyred and slaughtered all across the world. And when I heard that from Senator Samuel Brownback, I was just, I could have run the room. I was so excited. That's huge. That's huge. Um, we had the Sears class, obviously. We had the worship trainings. And then Jaden, this was kind of fun. Jaden launched a student gathering, kind of a... Camille had started something called Morph before she left for Africa and really had a burden for the students in this region. And we had gathered and prayed and gathered and prayed, and I honestly think, kiddo, you did your part, right? Then it's funny to me because your brother picked up the mantle right after, and they had their first gathering. There were probably 50, 75 students there. It was powerful. Tons of them got saved. A lot of them got prayed for. Um, the Lord was giving words of knowledge. It was just absolutely precious time in the Lord. There was worship and whatnot. But I just, can you just thank God? Can we just put our hands together and thank God for that? I mean, you guys, we have like, what, 20 people? Come on, that's crazy. That's our God, that is a divine appointment. You can't make that stuff up. You cannot make that stuff up, that is the Lord. Go ahead and go to that next slide. Yeah, you see all the fun little pictures there, that was fun. It was interesting because as I began to pray this year um, and look through all the prophetic words, I was telling Sheila earlier, I was like, Lord, not many of these are new, okay? We've, I've looked back at what we'd been preaching the last three years and realized God had actually given these, almost every single one of these to us over the last three years. So I just wanna encourage you and say, you have been well equipped. And to the teaching team, I wanna say, well done hearing God. Because everything you preached this year was in complete alignment with what the prophetic voices are saying for this next year, okay? So y'all been well fed. <laughs> That's a good thing, right? So in 5779, yeah, hallelujah, amen. I just wanted to kind of this mini review. We had said, the Lord had told me, we're going through the gates of glory. Can anybody say amen? I'm coming through. And he told us that it was going to be like a tsunami swelling up from underneath the surface to advance God's kingdom by uniting Christians to shift desert regions and building kingdom cities through the seven spheres of influence, right? So there's this idea of Christians not just gathering on Sunday, but also gathering together Monday through Friday in their places of work. Because how many of you as a Christian sometimes feel isolated in your place of work, right? Like, oh, I don't dare speak up, right? <laughs> Okay, and it's time that we start uniting, right? Encouraging one another, right? So I just thought that was kind of fun. There's your review, and now it's 5780, and we release the sound of the shofar, and it says, come face to face with the roar of God. Shana Tova.
Happy New Year, yes. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the pay. Laura talked about that last week, that eight zero is pay in the Hebrew, okay? She talked about Moses and what that means, that you're not too old to serve God, right? That the pay represents a mouth. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later, but I wanted to give you a quick review of what some of the prophets are saying. And as you listen, if this is something that we was shared here, you just go, yes, God gave us that. Can you just say that? Can you just say, yes, God gave us that? Okay, because I want you guys to understand, I want to encourage your heart. You're hearing, and those of you that have been teaching, you've been right on point. So my heart was tremendously encouraged this year. Okay, Nate Johnson said 5779 to 5780 was a year of purification and preparation. Kairos moment to see an end and fully sever assignments that have been sent to war against us. Does anybody feel like they're getting a reprieve? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Amen. God has a cadence. He has a sound that is releasing. That's why sometimes you'll hear us, hey, right? In the Hebrew, hey actually means grace. It's a Hebrew letter. Hey means grace. It's five. It means the grace of God. So you'll hear us sometimes, hey, we're just releasing the grace of God over you because we love you and he is bigger and better and stronger. Amen. And I felt like this was for several of you, so if it's for you, receive it. Daddy says, I am bringing your hurt to health. Receive your healing now. We were not created to carry the weight of our past. God gave me a vision one time of a horse going uphill, and all my friends were throwing their garbage in my thing. And I was like trying to carry my own, you know? And the Lord said, get it out. You tell them you love them, but you throw those bags out. You were not intended to be yoked to that to your past. He's a good God. He desires to give us good gifts. And sometimes, well, this is the truth, you cannot take anyone beyond where you yourself have been willing to go, which means sometimes we gotta open up the door of our past and just face whatever's there. There is nothing there that is bigger than Jesus. There's nothing there that his grace cannot get you through. There is nothing there that is braver than Christ in you. Amen? You're an overcomer. So I'm whipping through these quickly because I want to kind of get to the point. But there's so many of them. So Johnny Enslow said, you have come out of the last decade able to see like Caleb. Come on, somebody. And the ten spies. Eight could not see, remember? Ten went into the land. Joshua and Caleb came out and said, it is good. It's flowing with milk and honey. Look at the grapes. And what did the others say? We are as grasshoppers in their sight. <laughs> they were scared, right? But this company, I'm so proud of you guys. You've come out like Caleb's and Joshua's. You've gone through the last three years and it's been hard and it's been pressing and you've had to push, but you've come out saying God is good, God is willing, and God is able, and I'm not gonna stop fighting, amen? That's the spirit of Caleb, that's the spirit of Joshua, that's the heart of God. Courage is the key in this new era. It's no longer about what we see. We've moved out of 577. Okay, so we've moved out of that decade of sevens, and we've moved into pay, five, seven, eight, oh. Okay, that eight is a chet. You say chet, it sounds like you're not going to lose me. Chet, right? But that's how they say it, okay? And eight means gate, okay? So, well, we'll get to that later. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get excited. All right, he went on to say, Enslow goes on to say, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious because of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass, and they will wither like a green herb. And I want to say this, because that sounds kind of harsh, but this is the truth. 
God always offers his mercy first, but his judgment is his mercy, right? He says, it's not my desire that anyone should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's right, come to a saving knowledge, right? He says, it's not my desire that anyone should perish, but that all, it's not his desire that any should perish. So it's actually his love when he, right? He says, it's not my desire that anyone should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's right, come to a saving knowledge, right? It's not his desire that any should perish. So it's actually his love when he brings judgment because the judgment is sort of like if you've heard, heard the Psalm 23 analogy about the lamb that runs away and then he breaks its legs and puts it around its neck. It seems like judgment, but it's not. It's actually caring for the sheep to make sure the sheep doesn't wander off again and get taken by a lion or a bear or a tiger or no. Right? We need to have our legs busted up and be put around the shoulders of the Lord so that we can survive from the long haul, amen? This was so good, Johnny Enslow said this, the spirit of Yehu was released this last year and Jezebel has been thrown down from her tower. Hey. Come on, yeah. where's that gavel? Hit that thing, Laura, come on. Both, he said going into this new era, prophetic needs to be both quality and quantity. So some would like to say, don't prophesy all the time, don't prophesy all the time, it's annoying, we need to focus just on the word of God. But he says, no, it's good to prophesy, keep prophesying, keep prophesying, but make sure it's quality. Don't be talking if God isn't telling you nothing, okay? We don't do it to feel important, we don't do it to, you know, make ourselves feel good. If he says it, say it, if you don't, just, it's okay. It's okay, sometimes God likes silence. Does anybody like silence sometimes? You just like sit in the quiet of your home next to the fire without anyone talking to you? Yes. yes, okay, right? I think sometimes God likes silence and it's okay. It's not awkward, it's not bad, and it doesn't mean that you're missing it or that the other person is. It just means he's settling some. All right, so prophet unknown, I can't remember. I'll be honest with you. I printed out the papers, but I didn't print out all their names. So it was one faithful brother or sister of God. <laughs> So they said this, and I thought this was interesting. Guard against witchcraft decrees this decade. And because we're in the year of pay, 5780, this is really important. There's a fine line between decreeing the will of God versus decreeing our own will. We cross the line when we continue to pray something that is not explicitly God's will. But we want what we want, so we try to strong arm God into giving it to us anyway. And we talked about that a little bit in class today. Okay? Mm-hmm. Daddy's not playing. This is not a year to mess around because you don't want him to give you something that he does not want for you. You really don't because it'll end up being a bad thing. It'll end up being wreaking havoc in your life because he's what? Is he good? He's always good. And he desires to give what? Good gifts to his children. So he really does know best. Okay? If that's you, just tell the Lord I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Change my heart. Okay? Okay, and then he went on to say, God has been silent because he wants your attention. If you're in a season where God's been silent, there's nothing wrong with you. Okay, there's nothing wrong with you. Daddy loves you. But you did not do anything wrong, but he is trying to get your attention. And what I've, I've noticed most is he's been silent in the lives of individuals who have a propensity to go to people and prophets instead of to God himself. Because in this new era, 5780, he doesn't want you to go to the platform to get what you need. Okay? It says the sheep need to hear his voice. It doesn't say the prophet needs to hear his voice. It doesn't say the pastor or the priest needs to hear his voice. It says, no, the sheep need to hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. Okay? And you're a sheep. I'm a sheep. Think about this way. If you had a son or a daughter and you loved them so much, 
but they would only go to their big sister and they would never talk to you directly and hear from you directly. You wouldn't be mad or angry at them, but your heart would break because you want to speak to them directly, right? You want that child, you want to have a personal relationship with that baby because they're important to you. Anybody say amen? Yeah. Prophet Sandra Wepler said, and we'll be doing several prophecies. I'll get to the word here in a minute. My frontliners will speak my word to pull down strongholds. Shh, come on, somebody. To bring down territorial spirits. To break bondages, to usher people into my glory room so that my people will not perish but encounter me. Okay? So we talked about this great harvest that's coming in. Those of you that are on the intercessory teams and you're on the prayer teams, you're probably being sent on a lot more assignments. Okay? You're driving by the Lord saying, deal with this. You're going here. He's saying, deal with that. He's sending your teams out to pray for people that you thought maybe were anti-kingdom. He told me recently to rename someone in a very high-level position that seems to be very anti-Christian, very much opposed to Christians. He said, I want you to rename her now. He said, her name is no longer this, it's this. So we prayed, and we decreed and declared, this person's name is no longer this, it's this, in Jesus' name. And then Laura had an open vision of the individual crying in front of a totally separate event, crying in front of a fireplace, just weeping, crying out to the Lord. And I was like, God has answered her prayer. Okay? So declare his words, this, this decade of pay, it's all about declarations will bring you into the fullness of your destiny. The scripture doesn't say, you shall have whatsoever you pray. What does it say? You shall have whatsoever you say. Ask anything according to his will. Not you shall have whatsoever you pray. We, met, we miss that a lot. Right? So sometimes we pray, 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 pray. We're so thankful. We're asking God for things. But then we say the opposite. This is going on. This is negative, 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 negative. Stop talking about the problem. This is not the year to talk about the problem. This is the year to say... I ask God, and God is good, and therefore, because he loves me, I know that this is coming to pass. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I'm going to agree with his word, and I'm going to stand until I see it happen. Amen? Amen. All right. I loved this, too. This kind of a line seat. I mean, God said it. This is just, a, how many, do you hear the confirmations on all the stuff we've been saying this year? So many. God is breaking the reign of tyrants this year. Can anybody say amen? That's a good thing. Yes, the tyrants have to stop. The enemy may try to intimidate them, but the minute you see and speak what the Father has told you to speak, at that very moment, the war will begin even before, the war will be won even before it begins. So I thought that was interesting because in past seasons, sometimes we have to pray and decree, pray and decree, pray and decree, pray and decree, and we wait and wait and wait. <laughs> And then it comes to pass. There's a season, right? Seed, time, and harvest, the scripture says. You plant the seed and it doesn't grow up just right away. But this prophetic word is saying, in this season, in regards to battle and the tyrants coming after you and the enemy trying to mess with you, you nearly need a word from the Lord or the scripture. You say what he tells you to say and immediately the battle is won as soon as it's said. You just need to conosco that or know that in the Greek. You need to know that you know that you know that you know. Okay? from Walking Eve Prophetic Ministry said, this is a year to widen your mouth in wisdom and wisely zip it up when the Lord tells you to. I thought that was cute. I thought that was really cute. Sometimes we need that, right? Okay, Lord, help me know when to zip it shut. I'm really good at widening my mouth because that's my gift, but Jesus, I need a little extra grace to zip it sometimes. Amen. First Chronicles said, the, the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. 
And I honestly think that's why the enemy came against the prophets so hard. You guys are really the Issachar tribe. You know the times. You know the seasons. You hear what God's saying. And the body needs that so badly. Timing is going to be key in this new era. And now is the time to speak what God has been showing you in the last decades. Doors are opening to those who have seen well. And what the Lord is doing, they will now share it. Conversely, those who are blind will be speaking blindly and unceasingly mindless chatter due to their blind consumption. So in other words, this is the decade of the mouth. You're going to be able to tell really easy the fruit of the lips. Oh, okay. Out of the mouth for the issues of the heart. Everybody's going to tell on themselves. And it's okay. It's okay. If we're in the place where we're like, you know, putting some things out there that aren't of God, it doesn't matter because Jesus is enough. You see it for what it is, say, oh, Lord, that's not pretty. You take it to the cross, you ask him to redeem it, and you move forward, right? And then you come into a new place of prayer, purity, right? You tracking with me, guys? Okay? It will be very clear which spirit people are speaking from because we spent the last year looking. We spent the last year seeing. It was Ayin, the decade of Ayin, the decade of the eye. That's what seven is, the decade of the eye. We watched and we watched and we grew in our discernment. And now we, we have a knowing because we've been watching, we've been learning, we've been growing, right? So breakthrough and soul winning are synonyms, okay? The whole purpose of breakthrough is to bring in the harvest, right? He says, go, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, okay? Bringing the kingdom of God, right? That's the, the purpose, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It should come with power with glory. We should be seeing people get delivered and get healed, right? And that's not always pretty, okay? I'm going to be honest. Um, there's some things I've seen that I didn't know. I did not understand. And I've learned to just zip it and say, Holy Spirit, what is this? And what are you doing here? And by asking the question, what is this and what are you doing here? I, I, I don't fall into the trap of judging the Holy Spirit and how he's working in another person. Bill Johnson tells a beautiful story about a woman in worship that was really annoying him. And Heidi Baker's from Africa, and she's used to dealing with people who are demon-possessed and you know things like that, because there's a lot of witchcraft over there. And he said they're worshiping, and this woman's just would not shut up. She's on the other side of the thing, and she's He is thinking, somebody get her out of the room, because this is very distracting. And Heidi Baker noticed what was going on, and she walks over to him and whispers in his ear. Isn't that beautiful? And he's thinking, he said, I was thinking, well, no, I was just going to ask you to do something about that. You know, wondering what's going on in our meeting here. And he, she leaned over and she said, she was a prostitute for over however many years, and she finally got delivered. She realized that the Lord loves her, and she can't stop worshiping him. And I just thought, Father, forgive us. We don't know what people have been through. We don't know. And sometimes it looks so weird and it looks so crazy, but he's always good. And we have to ask because I'm not going to lie. There's some flaky stuff that happens, okay? Yeah. God is doing a work. John Arnott said something beautiful. He said it's all about love. He said they were in a revival one time and there's this lady on the stage playing guitar. And she starts making this rooster sound. And he's like, we have lost it. We have moved into the crazy world. This is insane. Like, Lord, what do I do? This feels very out of order. I don't know how to handle this. And Holy Spirit said, I want you to go ask her why she's doing that, okay? Sometimes it's the vessel that communicates it in an interesting way, okay? But God's still speaking. So he walks up to the woman and he just says, so what's happening here? 
And the girl stops and she goes, God is just telling me, wake him up, wake him up, wake him up. And that, instead of saying, wake him up, she starts doing a rooster call. Okay, that's where you're at. You must be from farm world. I don't know. But bless you. Thank you for the word. God's saying, wake him up, wake him up, wake him up, right? So you just gotta, you know, God's fun. He's got a great sense of humor that he chose her. He knew she was gonna make a rooster call in the middle of that meeting. Okay? I would not have thought that was in the order of God. John was so full of the love of God. John or not was so full of love of God. He had the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit not to go, stop, that's inappropriate, but to walk over and say, what's God doing here? Right? We don't assume. Isn't that beautiful? So I think in this next area, we're going to see some interesting things, the question of what's going on. And if it's out of order, we'll deal with it. But if it's of his heart, oh, we have to make room for God to fully heal his people the way he chooses to do that. Amen. Amen. So we knew year of the reckoning. Amen. God told us that. It's a settling of accounts. We won't go into that. He goes on to say, uh, soldiers who have submitted to the training of 5779 are ready for deployment. I felt like this was a word for a lot of us. Okay. You submitted to the training. You stayed in it. You have completed the training in miracle faith, and now I'm making you a faith sniper. Come on, somebody. When you're prophetic, especially if you see images, okay? God talks through pictures. He talks through scripture. And I think Kamikins is like this, too. I call her Kamikins fondly. It's a joke. We do that because we have two Kamis. But I think Kami's the same way. When you, when you have a prophetic gift or a seer gift, it takes time to learn how to focus that gift because information is coming at you so quickly that it has to be processed. There's a season of training you need to go through to be able to process that well and not come across like a total weirdo to the rest of the world, okay? So just love our prophets. We need them. We desperately, desperately need them. Then he goes on to say that the enemy's been stealing the rest of my people, but that ends this year. The revelation of rest is coming. And this is interesting because the book God has me working on right now is called Rest is War. It's a whole revelation about who Jesus is and what that looks like to sit in the finished work of his Christ and not strive to make things happen, but out of the finished work of Jesus, speak and pray and believe and love and walk and how it changes you first, right? And then it changes those around you and it changes every single atmosphere you walk into. I loved this too and I thought this really was for our entire body. It says the Lord is restoring the joy of the psalmist, unable to contain the overflow in Jesus' name. Ben Lim is another pastor out of another area. This is what he felt God was saying for this year. We are in a season of warring to take back the lost sons, okay? That's about going out and sharing the gospel, bringing them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as we do so. We are in a season of taking back lost territories, okay? I don't know if you're aware of this, but Christians started the schools, Christians started the libraries, Christians started the hospitals, Christians started all of the universities. When you look at America historically, Christians started all of them. And then what we failed to do was we failed to pass the torch to another one that we had discipled well, and they got, quite frankly, lost in transition. Just like the Israelites, what we did not do well is we did not transition well. We've got to get better about that. We've got to make sure we're passing the torches to those who have a kingdom heart, who are called to continue to uphold the culture of the kingdom of God. This was cute. Because the, this is the year of pay, 5780, that 80 is pay. This was cute. He said, this is more than a divine, quote, payday. <laughs> it's divine retribution, right? Um, and this kind of ties into Prophet 
Francis Frangipane's. He's more of a father, apostolic leader, but he, he prophetically released this. Again, it's another confirmation. The spirit of Yehud has been anointed and he has thrown Jezebel down. Okay, so those controlling spirits, those rebellious spirits, those witchcraft spirits, those spirits that allow depravity to continue, okay? When we really love someone, we love them enough to say, oh, sweetheart, this is not good for you. We can't tolerate this or allow this in our midst, not because I don't love you, but because I do, and I actually know better than you do who God is and that that's actually gonna harm you. Not only is it gonna harm you, but it's gonna harm those around you. So I care enough to say, not in my, not in my sphere, right? He goes on to say, do you, hear, do you hear her brazen voice rejecting God's authority? Have you not beheld her work as she caused God's bondservants to commit acts of immorality? And that's the Revelation 2.20. He said, so I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. And really it talks a lot about in the scripture of the immorality. Abortion is a big one, if you're familiar with the story in the Old Testament. The prophets of Baal, that's what they did. They actually sacrificed babies, spilled blood on the land, and they believed by cutting themselves and sacrificing the children that it would um, please Baal and result in rain and harvest on the land, okay? So we're seeing that overturn, praise God. Um, and in its place, Father God, we just ask for a spirit of adoption among your people to take all their children if people don't want them in Jesus' name. I thought this was really good too. He said, there was something in Yehu's spirit that we must possess today. While we can be compassionate to those captured by Jezebel's wiles, we must show no mercy to the spirit itself, okay? So we, we, we really have to master this because the harvest that's coming in, they're worshiping Satan, quite frankly, okay? They're coming out of witchcraft. They're coming out of all kinds of um, lifestyles that are contrary to God's word. And they really don't know. What does he say? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Not forgive them because they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> and just uh, put them on the cross. This is where they belong. He doesn't say that. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, right? So we can be compassionate towards the person, but... In this next era, because God is really looking for a movement of convergence, we cannot tolerate the spirit in our midst, right? So we can love the individual, but sorry, darling, this far no more until that shifts. And that's not unkind, that's actually true love, right? Prophet Anthony Medina and his wife um, shared this one. The Lord is raising up a company of Yochavets. FAMC in your face. Well, I'm saying this here. Actually, I think that's a lineage thing because, Cammie, this is really part of your call. Yochebed means glory of Jehovah. In Exodus 2, Yochebed isn't even named. She's a mother. The prophet goes on to say, these ones carry God well. They are excellent stewards of the presence of God in their lives. They love the Lord deeply. They dialogue with him daily, and they worship him lavishly. They are known for who they are and not necessarily what they say. They walk in his spiritual authority because of their intimacy. And I saw your face all day long with that piece of it. And Cammie, this is where I saw you, and I think this is actually in your DNA as a, as a Jewish woman of God, for sure, but um, just in who God created you to be. These ones carry deliverance, and they birth deliverers, and you birthed a deliverer. That's actually the call on your daughter's life. That's why she... It's always scattered brain. She's seen all kinds of things that she has to process at 100 miles an hour. And she's really coming into the fullness of who it is God's created her to be. And it's been beautiful to watch. 
They live in transparency with the Lord, and this is one of the things I love about you, Cam. They live in transparency with the Lord, and they will be deliverers of deliverers, right? So this harvest that's coming in, they're going to be a mess. They don't know. Do y'all, does anybody, can we remember when you were a mess? Does anybody else remember when you were a mess apart from Jesus? I was a hot mess. I wasn't just a mess. I was a hot mess, okay? I needed some serious help. Jamar's like putting the foot up, yeah, right? I don't got that many fingers. I need some help, Amen. We were a hot mess, and it's so important that we don't forget where we came from because that's the love. That's where we can draw that compassion of Christ towards others and say, darling, you're driving me crazy right now in our minds. We don't say that, right? But I remember being there, and I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm so sorry. You know, please forgive me because God's growing me as he's growing you to love you better as you're growing Right? And that's going to be part of our process. And it's going to be beautiful. And we don't, I just want to say this too, you don't have to be perfect. Tell the person next to you, say, you don't have to be perfect. Because we're all in process. Okay. Thank God I'm not where you am where I am. Okay? These Yochabeds are literal mothers and fathers of nations. And I feel like that is a word for our church. Okay? We've got a unique gathering here. They see the glory and the grace and the gold of God in those that the world has often overlooked. They love the shame and the guilt and the unbelief right out of the sons and daughters of God, leaving them with pure shells to receive the fullness of his glory. Come on, somebody. Prophet Katie Barker had some fun things to say. Are you guys encouraged? Are you being encouraged by these words? Is this encouraging you? So everything we've been talking about, do you guys see it? The last three years, all the prophets are confirming it. All the prophets are confirming it. For many, she says, this unprecedented change that is before them is the manifestation of long-awaited promises that God has given them. Can anybody relate to that? Okay, if I'm away in a minute, 20 years. <laughs> I'm breathing on what looks lifeless, and I felt like that was for Shekinah, and causing it to arise again with my word. Now a new chapter for many of my people begins. It is the accumulation of what has been sown of the past. And we've been sowing for three years, We've been sowing for three years, and we've been faithful to do exactly what Daddy says, to say what he says to say, and do what he says to do, and we're going to see a harvest, amen? She said, recalibrate for focus, resist temptation to turn to your old ways, and remove all the hindrances that try to stop you from going into the new. It says, be strong and never afraid. Look, here comes your God. He is breaking through to give you victory today. He comes to avenge your enemies. We don't have to be the ones to do it. We love and we rest and we forgive and we wait. With divine retribution, he comes to save you. Your reward is coming this year for all that has been sown, for every tear that has fallen, for every step of obedience that you've willingly taken. Daddy loves you and he's a good God. While he does forgive people, he is also a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And the ones that have committed vile acts and have been evil or malicious or intentionally wronged you, he is going to make it right. And that is love. That's why there's a heaven and a hell. People are allowed to choose. How close to God do you want to be? What kind of relationship do you want to be in with him? That's love. My daddy whooped my bottom. That was love. I would have been a whole lot. You think I'm powerful, stubborn now? It could have been real bad without those faithful lickings from my dad. <laughs> I was very strong-willed. 
But that will need to be broken and submitted to the authority given God had given me in my life and to my Father in heaven. This was interesting, and I think this is more of a picture of where the world is at. James Gall said, multitudes are in the valley of decision, according to Joel 3.14. Okay, we're familiar with that scripture on the valley of decision? Yay. The valley of Accor. In other words, people are trying to figure out, what am I going to do? Who do I want to be? How do I want to finish my race? Why am I here? What's my portion? How can I help? How do we fix these problems? He said the destinies of entire nations and cities and ministries are in the valley of decision and that the dread champions who've been chosen by the Lord are being released in this hour. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what he wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey because God is good and he has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.